This is Steve Sherlock for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio. This is part three of the three-part series. Hopefully you've had time to spend on parts one and part two. In this one, we do get into the sewer budget and the actual rate increases that have been approved for FY24, 25, and 26 to cover for the Beavis construction. We also, in this section, review the various projects that have just been completed or are being worked on and planned for the near term. Uh, Jake and Doug also talk uh, about the community cooperation and how good it is here in Franklin. And last but not least, we mentioned the lead service connection issue. Uh, there's not supposed to be many, but it's something to be aware of. And if you do have uh, an issue, to contact the water and sewer area so that you can get it defined and resolved. I think the one piece we really haven't got into great detail, we can certainly cover at least um, budget. So certainly with the sewer and the expense, there's a sewer rate increase that's already been approved and people will start seeing. Yes, so starting July 1st, um, you know, primarily due to the Beaver Street Interceptor project, um, you'll see your sewer rates go up 20% this year and then 10% over the next two years. Um, you know, it's... Um, it was required, obviously, to obviously pay for the Beaver Street Interceptor project, but also to continue um, you know, paying for the expenses of the current sewer system. Mm -hmm. um, the other regular maintenance, the everyday regular stuff maintenance that you, stuff, right? the I&I yeah. &I and whatever, yeah. that you still have to do. Like, yeah. every, like every other department, every other household, we're seeing the effects, the effects of inflation, uh, primarily on our utilities, water, I mean, um, electricity and, and gas. And then um, the materials. As, as well as our materials. Our, so, our, chemi our chemical yeah. bids just On came back this side. year. Yep. Chemicals have doubled yep. in two years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that cost has to be made up. Sure. So, um, yeah, it's unfortunate, but that's the way that we, uh, you know, we have to do business and, mm -hmm. and, and fund the, uh, the enterprise. So. Yeah, and at least people could say, well, if this is a bigger project than a school, why don't we do like a debt exclusion? Well, this at least, well, every taxpayer would do the debt exclusion. This is usage based. This, this is, is the fee based. So it's just the sewer users, users. who are yeah. going to be paying for it, which Correct. makes sense. They're the only ones that are using it. They might as well yeah. yep. pay as well, for it. Yep. That's, that's, that's part of the, the benefit of having a municipal sewer hookup. Mm -hmm. You don't have to worry about it. Right. Ask people with a septic; they have to worry about it. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. We don't. We, we weren't. You know, happy about the increase. It's not something that. No. That, it's it's not a part of our job that we relish. We're homeowners in other towns too. We don't like seeing those bills right. go up. But no. The reality is, if you're going to spend money somewhere, that's where it makes sense to spend it. Yeah. Because the yeah. alternative is no fun for anybody. No. And just to kind of give you a breakdown too, so people understand, you know. Where so this year our budget is about six million dollars, our expense piece is just uh, just over a half a million, uh, so like five hundred thousand. Our personnel piece is just under a million, and then the remainder of that, uh, so we're, we're at a million and a half right there. The mm -hmm. remainder of that goes to Charles River, right? Blue Control District for all the treatment that they do for right. us, right? Uh, so it's a really small budget. We operate with a staff of five. Right. Uh, for the amount of miles of pipe um, and all the infrastructure that they need to take care of. So it defines efficiency that yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, we really take a hard look 
uh, at our our budget internally uh, before we do these you mm -hmm. know, sewer increases to see yeah. is yeah, there any room that we can make up? Certainly, the estimates had been all over the place to a certain extent, given the economic circumstances. It had been as high as what thirty five, and you actually got the bids at twenty six. So, it it could have been more. It could have been more. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's up, but it's still. <clears throat> less than what it could Versus when I think they started the conversation in 2003, 2005 time frame, the estimate was made it be around 20 million. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that was back, at, so. it was 20, 25, and then more recently, because of the post-pandemic, supply yeah. shortages, et cetera, it was up in the 35. Yeah. Happily, it's, it's less, so. Yeah, I mean, I think fortunately, I think some of that is curtailed. Uh, they're still seeing some really long lead, lead for times specific for items. specific items. A yeah. lot of electrical switch equipment, yeah. generators, um, yeah. drives, all pretty much a year mm -hmm. out. So yeah. uh, that, that is one, another reason why we gave the contractor so much time, mm -hmm. uh, because we knew that it was going to take them a while. Because while you're moving these. liquid, you still have pumps, you still have electrical stuff in there to that's gonna, potentially going to be required to do that anyway. So, yes. Yeah. Yep. I mean, even something as simple as a generator. Mm -hmm. A generator is a year lead time Yeah. to get a, gener a backup generator for the sure. station. Right. You know, you think that's something that, you know, would be on the stock Yeah, someone, someone's <laughs> making those. Yeah. They are that backed up on just a, a generator. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I think residents and listeners can recognize certainly the electrical traffic signal at uh, Washington and Grove. That's been on back order for yep. a while. <laughs> yeah, I think they're still waiting um, on even, the lights. Even the, the new apartments next to the big Y, I think they just got uh, a lone electrical generator, from what I understand, because their generator still hasn't been delivered. So they don't have electric to complete the interior yet yep. until that temporary one came in from National Grid, is what I heard. So. Yeah, there's there are delays yeah, the, yeah, all over all yep. over the place. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I mean, that's that's kind of where our head will be at over the next uh, three years is on the Beaver Street Interceptor. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we have other projects. You've got regular business. <laughs> <that are going laughs> and then, oh, by the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so what? Couple things that we've uh, finished up recently are uh, one's the Salem uh, Circle uh, Pump Station rehab. Um, so that was an old uh, ejector pot system uh, for folks that don't know. Um, generally have, you know, regular lift stations, which, you know, normal submersible pumps or, or dry pit submersibles. These are ejector stations. Over at Salem, it was an ejector station. Pretty simple concept. Sewage comes into a pot, picture like a pressure vessel. Mm -hmm. We inject air into the pot and that pushes the sewer force out, it right? Out. So unfortunately, because of the location over there, we were unable to fully upgrade it to a system that we would have liked with you know newer submersible pumps above grade, electrical and whatnot due to the flood elevations. And, oh, and right, things. it's in a low water zone, uh, Had yes. we done that, it yeah. would have been 13 feet in the air or something. Would build a treehouse pump yeah. station. <laughs> I've seen those. They don't look pretty. And, and I'm, <laughs> this um, is right in residence for residents. Uh, definitely definitely that no, 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 no. That's not something you want to live next to. <laughs> so what we were able to do is work within our existing footprint. We replaced the existing pot system with the new pot system. Uh, we reduced the kind of, I want to call it, concrete ramp thing that we had over there to a smaller, um, less invasive uh, structure. Um, you know, we're still working through some of the fine-tuning of it, uh, but I think overall, 
residents seem to be happy. We're in the home stretch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, that was a project that uh, just finished up that cost uh, just over 600000 for us to do that. Uh, another project with another pot system that we have going on is Monterey off of Pleasant Street. Okay. Uh, that is a current pot system. Uh, what we're looking at there is to um, remove those pots. Those pots have actually sprung a leak. <laughs> uh, we've fortunately been able to weld and, and re-weld re -weld, re -weld again. Re-weld yeah. again and control it. So, uh, But we're actually taking those pots out and we're going to try a new pump system over there. It's called a direct inline pump system. Uh, hopefully it's plug and play, but uh, we'll see. Uh, so that project has been awarded uh, and we'll look in to get that pump system online in January. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, gets to back to our lead times, right? Sure. We awarded it last month. Last month. And we won't see the pump until December, January time. Right. Right. So, right. Um, yeah. So, so we're working on that one. Uh, what else? We talked about the Phase Seven lining project that's out to bid now. Mm -hmm. uh, so you'll see that happen this summer. Uh, we talked about the future INI study, um, we had about $200,000 for that, looking at Pond Street area. Right. Um, they've done the flow meters. Uh, they like to do those in the spring, so you get the high of the groundwater and all that stuff. So we've got yep. some really good numbers there. They're kind of looking through those. Mm -hmm. We're going to take that data and pinpoint you know, further down and see, all right, of the three flow meters that we put out, which areas are contributing the most. And now we'll do some more investigation. So you'll see us out. You'll see either us or other companies mm -hmm. out walking around those areas. Right. Um, what else? Uh, we got an asset management grant. Uh, I don't know if folks might have seen that. That was through the SRF program, but it's a grant program. Right. Um, so we got $150,000 grant. The total project's 250000 uh, the remainder, uh, so 150 is the grant. The remainder of kind of services, either money from us or actually our uh, crew's time. Mm -hmm. uh, what we're doing there is in 2018, there was a collection system master plan kind of quote unquote put together, right? Okay. Um, but it's a stagnant document. Like right. a lot of plans gets done and it's good for that year mm -hmm. or maybe the next couple of years. But then as it collects dust and things change, yeah, things unless change, it goes right. back and so updated. So since 2018, um, you know, I think DP and, and other systems that have looked at that and said, we can't operate like this anymore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we need some living documents, right? Sure. Uh, so they've created these asset management programs, um, and that's what we're doing here. Uh, we're going to um, build out our, our computerized model of the system. We're going to look at capacity of each pump station, uh, and we're going to. So this is kind of part one of this. Um, you know, once we finish this, I assume there will be a part two where we'll kind of build on it, right, and just create this mm -hmm. living document. Sure, that will show us prioritized plan of, of upgrade and replacement of pump stations and uh, sewer lines. So you can build kind of your future processes in terms of which projects and or initiatives do you need to start, which yes. ones in order of which, yeah. you know, We always want to be uh, proactive and not reactive. Yeah, right. Yeah, that original 2018 document is great until the first station goes down out of order. That you do mm -hmm. respect. <laughs> that never happens, right? <laughs> never, nothing ever breaks when you don't plan it for it to. So this way, when all of a sudden 
station A goes out when we don't expect it to and we have to do a pump upgrade as an emergency, that document now changes. Sure. We're not with that initial investment and that no longer is good. Right. Yeah. So we wanted something that we could keep growing that way and yeah. input the new data as it changes because nothing goes as planned. No. And then as it builds and collects the data, then now you have a fresh set for that new analysis, which potentially you'll still need instead of redoing everything, you've got it already. It's already exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I'm excited about that one, and unfortunately, you know, we're able to get grant money. So whenever sure. we can yeah. get yeah. free money like that, we'll take advantage of it. Yep. Um, yep. And speaking of, uh, Jake did a great job. He wrote a uh, grant application for a GAP3 energy um, efficiency grant uh, that's offered through the state uh, okay. in collaboration with National Grid and, and NSTAR or Eversource. Mm -hmm. um, so we were able to get just a $102,000 grant, um, but the portion of that will be town share, uh, as well as other electric company incentives. That's going to look at three pump stations, the two on Grove Street, Grove 1 and Grove 2, as well as Milligan. Milligan. Uh, uh, where we'll be doing uh, pump and motor and drive upgrades to okay. uh, improve efficiency. Uh, which is projected to save us about $3,600 annually on just electric Electric costs. Right. And those, especially the two on Grove Street, are, are some of our older stations, too. So they were due for upgrades. So mm -hmm. just to get this money in and be able to helps. help that. It helps to do something more yeah. effectively and cost-effective and improve things since you were going to have to do it anyway. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Grove 1 and 2 are our most, some of our most dated stations, and Milliken, for some context, is our biggest station in town. Until, so Milliken, until Beaver until Street. Beaver comes until Beaver Street. Yeah. But currently Milliken is our largest capacity, um, biggest pumps, largest uh, wet well, so okay. being able to give that a little bit of a facelift will help. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, so those are the kind of capital style projects. I mean, other maintenance items that people might see us out there is um, uh, because there kind of was no master plan or the, and based on the topography of the town, a lot of sewer mains run in backyards or between the uneasements, right, in mm -hmm. wooded areas. So right. we're really getting a handle on where those are located um, uh, and in some cases clearing our easement. Uh, so you you'll see more accessible. Yeah, you'll see our, our staff out there locating manholes, driving stakes. Uh, painting areas mm -hmm. uh, with green paint um, and if it's in an area where we think that we you know without disturbing residents we don't want to we don't want to just clear cut whole areas sure. uh, but at the same time we, we need to be able to maintain maintenance uh, access to these in case. in case of maintenance is needed right. uh, so you'll see us um, continuing our uh, easement clearing mm -hmm. yeah which has been great yeah so we ask you know if a resident does know historically that yes there's a manhole cover under my flower garden if you see our crew out there tell them <laughs> we're not going to drive a stake in your front yard we're not going to dig every flower garden we just need to right. know about where it is where it is um, yeah. if we're walking through the woods behind your house that's what we're doing that's why mm -hmm. they will see these pink bright pink stakes it's sure. so if the worst should happen and they have sewage backing up in their house if the problem's on this easement now we can actually find the manholes and fix the problem sure much quicker um, it than behooves them yeah. as a as a resident nearby to have us know where these are because truthfully this has been neglected for decades mm -hmm. we're finally getting out there and getting these Catching things located up. and cleared so we can gain access if the mm -hmm. worst should happen gain access and update our records too sure um, back to that asset inventory yeah piece. right yeah. and uh kate is uh who's our jazz yeah. um coordinator she 
is ecstatic every time that we bring her a map with some changes. <laughs> this manhole doesn't exist. It actually goes this way over to this yeah. manhole, which you don't have on the on the plan land. And she's ecstatic to change oh, it. Good. Now it makes sense. It's accurate. Yeah. Yes. And yes. it only helps helps us in the field sure. and, and just with everything. So yeah. the more data we can have, it, uh, the better. Yeah. That's what it all comes down to. Yeah. And I think going back to the hydrants a little bit, I remember this presentation hydrants are not all owned by the town so you have a, a marking scheme so that for example the fire department if they need a hydrant for fire work they'll know which hydrant they're using yes um one of the important things to note is that while the town does its annual flushing program and we flush every hydrant in town we don't own every hydrant in town we flush them for water quality and we flush them for fire safety to mm -hmm. confirm their functioning um, the hydrants located around commercial buildings, retail buildings, um, the hydrants specifically in condo associations and condo mm -hmm. complexes, those properties are all private. All the infrastructure in that area is private. Mm -hmm. um, and as such, on the hydrants, we've partnered with the fire department um, and we've labeled those hydrants with a blue ring around the front steamer cap as private. Um, it's not meant to look ugly. It's not meant to take away, you know, mm -hmm. you know that, that hydrant functions properly. Sure. Um, it's just so that the fire department knows if they're in that site, that's not our hydrant. If they have a problem with that hydrant, they can't get water out for some reason, they don't call us and say, why is this hydrant broken? Sure. They know to now move out of the property until they get to the first hydrant that does not have a private logo, and that hydrant should function properly. Mm -hmm. Um, it's also to delineate ownership to the owners because a lot of folks don't know this, especially in private condos. Right. Um, they don't understand just by dint of not being educated about that they mm -hmm. own those hydrants. And when there's a problem with it, it's not on the town to come and fix it. Right. So this way, when I call a property manager after we flush and say this hydrant would not function properly, yeah. I'm getting less questions as to why I'm not coming and fixing it. Mm -hmm. um, they, more people are understanding now as property managers that's their responsibility sure. and they shoulder it without a, without question. I still have folks who are confused, but the education is getting out there mm -hmm. and that's what we were that's that was the main goal of those those private signs along with backing up the fire department for right. reliable yeah. hydrant use. Yeah. Yeah, cuz having seen the hydrant flushing, I also was noticing that clearly you were identifying some potential issues along the way cuz then the hydrant would get wrapped in black and then Oh, by the way, the next day or next week, there was a crew there yep. working yeah. to address whatever it was. Yep. Yeah, for residency, that, that just means that the hydrant is out of service and it's on our list and we'll come back and, and fix it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the other placards that you might see out there are um, at our at our booster stations on the water side. We've identified the, you know, usually on the intake side, there's a hydrant, and on the discharge side, there's a hydrant. So we have a placard on either of those to mm -hmm. alert the fire department yeah the fire department is able to bypass a pump station if something fails in that pump station and they need fire suppression further out in the system ah, okay yes. so yes. this yes. this clearly indicates what side is upstream what side is downstream and allows them to hook their pumper trucks up we've actually trained the fire department mm -hmm. through training sessions with the water to sure. water crew yep. Yep. and everyone is on the same page how to operate the machine that way and yep. it's mm -hmm. uh, it's been a good collaboration with fire fire protection in town yeah I was sure fortunate to participate with the high school senior project, and they were at Beaver Street one day with uh, Rescue One, I think, but using the pump and getting into some of the basic hoses. And it was interesting that 
the fireman actually has this little kind of a big index card of the various hose and pressure and throughputs, etc. Mm. So, because he's there, at, and I'm sure you've seen, because you've got similar gauges, but the pressure coming out of the hydrant was, what, 90, and he's got to deliver X to whatever the, the firefighter is, so he has to manipulate the drop, yeah. the, yeah. the nodules and the <laughs> dials, and the, the high school kids were like, Oh, it's not just turn on the faucet and go. No. You got to do yeah. this, got to do that, right. etc. It was, it, it was a, a learning there's experience. There's a lot to it, yeah. Yeah, yeah the yeah. fire department's great. Yeah. We've had a really good working relationship with them. Yeah, yeah. yeah incredibly and, good and relationship. We'll mention it too because I think it, when they got their ISO 1, one of the key pieces was on the water side, the water quality and the water uh, uh, pressure. Pressure, maintenance, reliability, all, those, reliability, reliability, yeah. all yeah. of that. I yeah. sat down with them and brought all our reports mm -hmm. and yeah. sat down with the ISO. Our crew performed yeah. flow tests for the testing to see what we were getting for pressure around town and reporting all that. So yeah. it was a good combined effort. Yeah. 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 So while they have the big logo on their fire trucks, it really you can th you can say, oh yeah, we participated. <laughs> <laughs> and I, the chief's been you know very vocal about that. That the yes. collaboration was there. Yeah. And yeah. He appreciated it. Absolutely. We we, uh, we uh, it gave us good information too. Sure. Can't yeah. say that enough. Yeah. No. Definitely. No. And that's why we have this conversation because clearly you know a heck of a lot more about water and sewer than I do and hopefully the residents have learned from the first water series and now from these sessions in regards to you know, wh what's the sewer flow, where does it go, how does it go, and it takes 24 hours from a flush to go through and all of that is good stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hopefully we may not need to use it right away, but at least now with this awareness. Yeah, then that's all, that's all we're looking to gain out of this is just so that the public has a greater awareness of you know what happens to the water that they flush down the toilet or down mm -hmm. the drain, right? And, where and what not to flush and down the drain. Flush, yes. <laughs> and honestly, the greatest uh, proof of the effectiveness of these talks and our presence on Facebook and the use of the town website and all the information you put out, Steve, is when the complaint comes up on Facebook, like my sewer is backed up. Where is the town? And I see residents pipe up on the Facebook chat saying, "No, you won't." To this point. Right. Or no call this person, they will come handle it because the town doesn't own that. Same with a water leak, you know, my, sure. there's water bubbling on my front yard. Call these people, the town doesn't deal with that. Or people complaining about the water water right. conservation efforts yep. and people, residents coming in to support saying mm -hmm. they have to do this. Yep. It's part of it. That's seeing that we get that response from people means it's working. Sure. <laughs> it's getting out there. Yep. Voluntary ambassadors for yeah. what's yep. going on. And yep. seeing residents jump on and have the proper information that in other towns, it's not out there. Right. Everyone jumps on the bandwagon, yeah. grabs the torches and pitchforks, yeah. and wants to burn down Town Hall when yeah. they just owe the right information. Right. Doesn't happen in Franklin. Yeah. And we're impressed yeah. by it. To the most extent, yeah. And that's why we're here doing what we do. And I appreciate you taking the time because that's important. You know that. Um, and hopefully the listeners will have taken the time so that now they'll know that and be, start sharing. And going forward, we'll all be in a better place. Um, I think we're fortunate. We're grateful to be here. Um, it's not perfect. <laughs> no, no place is perfect, but at least with the the approach uh, from Jamie on down through you and beyond, and the collaboration coordination, we can we can do more um, yeah. because I think there's more willingness to do so. We're, we're in it together. We might as well. Yeah, I mean, this community. I can't say enough good things. This community through its council 
through Jamie and through all the departments have just been phenomenal. Um, you know, I've worked in some other communities in prior jobs, and, and this one, uh, by far, you know, everyone's working together, mm-hmm. everyone talks. Um, so it just allows us to get things done, you know, systematically and, and, and proactively mm-hmm. um, address, you know, the issues that we see coming up. So sure. we're very fortunate, like you said. Yeah. yeah. And just want to put out there, if residents have any questions at any time, you're more than welcome to always call the DPW office. Um, if our, you know, admin staff can't answer it, you know, they'll send it to us and mm-hmm. yeah. more than happy to have a conversation. Yeah. So. By all means. Again, well, thank you for taking the time. Um, really appreciate it. I've learned a lot. Hopefully, the residents will have learned as well. And uh, I'm sure there'll be other topics we can talk about <laughs> as we go forward. Absolutely. <laughs> Provide thank you some very. updates. Certainly, Beaver Street's going to take. You said what? Three three years. Oh. Three years. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming at some point we'll come back and we'll, we'll, we'll do a status check. I'll do an update. Yeah, sure. That'd be great. Yeah. Yep. We'll have the yeah. logo then. Yeah, <laughs> and then at some point when the PFAS situation continues to develop, we may have to talk more about that. Then. Yeah, yeah, PFAS, and, and one thing that was just on the top of my head that we didn't touch on would be the lead service line. Ooh, yes. Yeah, um, just real quick, um, we don't have any known lead services in town, which is good. Um, we do have some low known lead gooseneck areas where right. you know through our water main our water main replacement program. We're look, we're replacing you know a lot of those, um, but the other piece that we don't really know is what's on the resident side. Right, you know, we Within talked that about owner that property ownership, side. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's a piece that we're looking to gain uh, information on. So we're going through our records. Um, whenever our meter reader is out there doing a replacement, or if uh, we enacted, if it's a house that's selling that's 20 years older or older. Mm-hmm. Um, we do a final inspection we get in the house we're, primarily I, we wanted to inventory uh, you know what's coming through the house what is that service uh, mm-hmm. material right um, if it's not copper or PVC yeah. if there is and some odd looking thing, thing. So <laughs> and if there is a concerned resident who has an older home we would love if you would if, like yeah. identification call make an appointment our meter technician will go in for five minutes and we'll get some pictures and get some data, mm-hmm. you know, for their peace of mind and to help us out sure. if that's that's an option yeah. for a resident. That's all it takes, so. Yeah. Uh, but that's another piece that we're looking to, to do. And in residents, we'll see a, a dashboard, a storyboard come out um, uh, within the next six months or so. Mm-hmm. With, you know, what what we have for information. Sure. Um, and we'll be working to fill Helps those gaps. Ver- verify that, yep. validate that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Cool. Yeah, it's good. good ad. Good ad. Well, again, thank you. I really appreciate it. And a quick reminder for the folks listening, we do this because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy.
And by the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.